0: If you're looking for success, it's in the details. Small hinges move big doors. And now your host, Karen Allen. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of In the Details with your host, moi, Karen Allen. I am really looking forward to our conversation today with this amazing guest. I mean, I was just on her website for a little bit and I was already like, she's my soul sister. (laughs) Our guest today, Amina Altai, helps entrepreneurs and leaders feel good about their work and also feel good in their work through a holistic approach to mind, body, and business. Amina,
1: thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Karen, thank you so much for having me. I am fabulous and super excited to be with you and get into the details. Yes,
0: let's get into the details. These are the areas that go unseen, but they contribute to our success. And I would actually love to talk about maybe your journey to success first. I know you're helping a lot of individuals overcome, whether it's limiting beliefs or Um, old ways of working, right? There's a a huge shift in that happening right now. Mm -hmm. But before we can help others, we go through and experience ourselves, right? When we're walking hand in hand with people and, and guiding them to their best self, I always know there's a story behind the teacher. And I would love to hear like, what was it like for you to really step into one of the ways I love you say this on your website is your magic. You know, how did you Find that? How did you, how did you step into it? How did you let go of that old mindset that we have to grind hard for success and really find this
1: new path of, of ease and joy? Yeah. I think one thing, I love this question. I think one thing that's really important to share is that we're always becoming because I think sometimes people will look at coaches or people that are a few years ahead and think that they have quote unquote arrived. And so I'm always becoming, but my journey has been quite circuitous, and I think it's actually important to share this because I think a lot of the times, again, it looks sort of linear and direct and simple, and my career path has just, you know, kind of been like an upward spiral. So I started my career in marketing and brand management, and I worked in corporate America for a little bit, but just very quickly realized that that wasn't the space for me, and so... Wait, how did you know? Because I realized that at some point, too, and I'm just curious. (laughs) Yeah. Usually my body tells me. So I started to get sick. I just felt like I didn't fit in. And I actually had gotten inspired by another idea. So I was working at this company and I got to work on an initiative that supported female entrepreneurs. And it just kind of enlivened this passion in me. And I was like, I want to figure out a way to do this full time. So I wrote a business plan. I pitched it to someone that I'd gone to school with, and we co-founded a marketing agency that was a hybrid So one side, we worked with emerging female entrepreneurs and took sweat equity to work in their businesses. And the other side was traditional agency. And it was an incredible experience. And I brought all of my traits into the experience. So I'll tell you what I mean by that. I basically had no boundaries and I was taking care of my clients and my coworkers and everybody but myself and putting myself last. And I also was navigating some codependency traits as well of really being people pleasing and again, putting myself at the bottom of the to do list. And I eventually burned out and developed two autoimmune diseases. And I call this my stop moment because it was very sort of dramatic where I got a call from my doctor one day and they were like, if you don't go to the hospital now, instead of going to work, you are days away from multiple organ failure because I hadn't taken care of myself when I was that sick. And so it was dramatic at the time, but hindsight, looking back, it's like it was the biggest gift because I had to stop. It wasn't subtle. I had to figure out a new way and really redefine my relationship to work and success. And so at that point... I sold my half of the business to my business partner and I went back to school to study coaching, mindfulness, movement, nutrition, all these tools to feel better in my own life. And then was just so lit up by what was available to me when I actually was on the court with these tools. I figured I had to teach them, but I didn't go straight to coaching. Actually, I went back to corporate America to kind of find my bearings and get the good insurance and... (laughs) I was still figuring it all out. I was figuring out how I'm going to put it together. And like, can this actually be a full-time career? And is this possible for me? And so it took a few years of working in corporate America, side hustling and building the business. Um, And I actually built a corporate wellness business first and foremost, because I was like, oh, I want to teach these wellness tools inside of corporate America to help people live well. And then just realized I was teaching from a part of myself, not the fullness of me, which is when I sat down to design the curriculum that I teach today, which is really about all aspects of me and what I wish I had on the journey as I was pivoting. Oh so that's the goodness. long story.
0: No, no, that, I mean, you don't know how many times I had to stop myself from asking an additional <laughs> layer question. <laughs> There's so much goodness wrapped up in that. And What you just spoke about is something that is very personal to me as well. I had a moment where I had to stop and I had to shift. And that is literally the mental exercise that I teach people. But what I find through these stories and and conversations is that we are all doing that. We will stop and we will shift. It's just sometimes it takes you getting to a certain point in your journey and your experience to find that shift. But what happens is, and this is what I love that you spoke to, is like, It's never going to be that straight line that we all imagine for ourselves. It is going to come with different tensions and stressors. It is going to come with different life experiences and quick halts or or a really hard left. Um, But what you described was your willingness to stay in flow, for Mm -hmm. you to be open to learning on that journey as you continue to search for yourself. And some people, I think, hope for like this you know, quick light light switch where you're like, oh, now I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. But you're right, it, it is about becoming and surrendering to the journey of becoming. And that's how you find your flow.
1: Yes, and I think I love how you encapsulated that. And I think that's also how we find peace because along the journey, you know, I met so much resistance at every step. And if I allowed that resistance to mean something bigger than it was, I would probably stop there. And so making peace with the fact that we're always becoming, there's always contrast, there's good stuff, and there's challenging stuff. And that's sort of the nature of the experience allows us to have peace on the journey, I think, too. Absolutely. And if we stop fighting that,
0: right, Mm -hmm. we just accept this human experience, then we actually save our energy from dwelling in that suffering and, and that space of resistance, and devoting more energy to the things that give us life. So I have to ask this, because it just kept coming up for me as you were talking. Was there any... Like, small habit that you developed on that path of, of, of you becoming and I know you are still becoming, but <laughs> during that season of your life. Was there any small habit or even nugget of wisdom that really carried you through, that you now teach your clients?:
1: Morning routine is so important, and that's a place that I started. And so I think for a lot of us, those of us that can move our bodies, that becomes almost an easier entry point into living well and whole, because it's readily accessible. We don't have to go to a place. We can do it in our homes. So designing a morning routine, oftentimes starting with movement or starting with meditation, I think can be the most supportive. At the time I started with movement and then I was like, oh, this feels really great. Now I want to go down the path and discover mindfulness and meditation. Oh, this feels really great. And now today my morning routine is so specific. I mean, it evolves from time to time as well with every next level of becoming, but my morning routine is my time where I really nurture and take care of myself so that I can show up fully for the work that I'm called to do. And it's a place that I really invite people to begin because those are often the hours, particularly for you know working professionals or working mothers before everybody else gets up or before the world starts. Those are hours that we might have some quote unquote control over. So we can start to really pour into ourselves before we start to pour into others. And I think that that's one of the most supportive practices um, on my journey for sure. Absolutely, and you know what? It is um,
0: subtle shifts in there too. For example, I am not the biggest morning person. Like if <laughs> if you were my coach and you said I need you to get before I am, I'd say, "Sorry, friend, I'm going to disappoint you and myself." <laughs> totally. But what I found is you're right. It is about how you start your day, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to start it in a way that doesn't feel natural to you, right? Wouldn't you say, su- how would you suggest your clients really find what feels best and what supports them? Because everybody is so unique. It, it, it is going to be different for each individual.
1: I'm so glad that you brought that up because I believe that too. So I believe we all have what I call authentic energy codes. Like we all move through life differently. Like our hormones are different. Our brains are different. We're just different. And so we want to identify your pattern. So when do you think the best? When are you the most creative? When do you like, you know, to collaborate? When do you like to do solo work? And by identifying that, we can design your week in a way that really honors your body and your brain and the experience that you're in in this lifetime. And so we could potentially look at your calendar and say, okay, where are the pockets of time where you can show up fully, where you know, you're going to have some alone time where we can really create a ritual or a routine for you. So it absolutely doesn't need to be the morning. If you're not a morning person, I'm not really a morning person either. I start my... (laughs) I wake up between seven and eight and then my morning routine is from eight to 11 and then I'm coaching from 11 to six. And so designing it inside the parameters that are true for you is the most important piece because to your point, otherwise we won't do it and we will beat ourselves up and we'll fall down. Exactly. Oh,
0: I love how you said that same thing. It's like, I like to ease into my day and how I ease into my day matters because it sets the intention and the energy that I'm bringing to my work. To my son, to my family, mm. and a small tweak for me was not using my phone as my alarm, and instead mm. using a sunrise clock because I would wake up and I would set, um, I would hit snooze on my phone, and I'm ready to get up, and I'm starting to get up, but then my phone is still in my hands, so the next activity or action that I take is some sort of checking an email or checking a response. And now what I found was I was then going into the reactive mode instead Mm -hmm. of being in more of an intentional mode with my day. And it was again, small swaps, right? Instead of being on my phone and checking emails for 15 minutes, now it's 15 minutes of meditation. You're right. It's the small adjustments and they really make an impact on the direction of your day.
1: I love that example because to your point, it is subtle, but can yield a profound shift in our experience.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So when people think about, okay, I can start my day with a different intention. And I know that's going to be helpful, but really people have, I believe we all have this audacious goal of feeling fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And because it's so big, it can be incredibly daunting and Mm -hmm. overwhelming. So as individuals come to you and they're looking to say, Hey, you know, I want to find meaning in my career. I want to have a deeply fulfilling life. Yes. Your morning routine is going to be a tool that you give them, but what are some other little changes that you would encourage our listeners to start being open to or to start pursuing? So they really can start to be on that path of like a deep enriching kind of work and also lifestyle.
1: mm mm-hmm. My gosh, there's so many ways I want to respond to that question. So <laughs> give it
0: all to so us. Good. Please, we're here
1: for it. <laughs> Stephen Cope has this book called The Great Work of Your Life. And in it, he says something to the tune of, and I'm paraphrasing, when we miss our dharma by a millimeter, we miss it by a mile. Yeah. And so I think that the journey of fulfillment is the shift of a millimeter for most of us. And so when I work with people to really feel more fulfilled and aligned in their careers, we look at values, gifts, joy, what we want to impact and what we need. So we all have our most exceptional abilities and we want to get on the court with them. We all have different values and we want to make sure that we're on the court with those in the context of our work. What do we want to impact in the world? What brings us joy and then what we need to show up fully for that work. And when we tweak those things, just a millimeter, there's often boundless fulfillment and expression in there. And so that's a place that I really start with my clients. And it's really interesting too, because even the conversation around gifts or exceptional abilities can be activating for a lot of people because we've been taught in society that genius is quote unquote, for the select few. And that's not true, right? That's sort of a bit of a patriarchal myth, in my opinion. We all have most exceptional abilities just waiting to burst forth and for us to get on the court with them. And I want to name that it can be a form of privilege to just stand in our exceptional abilities. And that might not be available for all of us. But every day, it's about a journey taking one step closer to them.
0: Absolutely. And also thinking about this, this, this is a way that may be restricting you, dear listener. You may think that it's just going to show up in your work, but honestly, I believe that that fulfillment, that deep desire, that expression of of your gifts and also aligning yourself with your needs, all of that, that is like how you live, (laughs) It's not just your work. It is how Mm -hmm. you interact with people. It is what you stand for. It is how you show up, whether you're a volunteer at your kid's school or whether you are running a business, it is how you show up in this world. And I love how you break that down because when you do, I actually, I think I saw this on your website, you start to create something that is really true to you right? And we're all so different. Our our brains are different. Our experiences are are different. Heck, our fingerprints are different. So when you're trying to find like, what is the work that feels fulfilling to me? Know that it is going to look slightly different than the person standing next to you because it's about what's
1: true to you. And I think expressing ourselves from that place is so generous and wonderful and also shifts us out of competitive thinking, because when we recognize that we are all such individuals and we all have such unique contributions, there's no above or below. There's no competitive thinking because we're all so different and we all came here to contribute something markedly different, which I think is such a beautiful, generous way to go through the world.
0: Absolutely! Can you imagine the world if all of us brought
1: our full self, like with all of our
0: interests and all of our glory and everything that makes us who? Could you imagine, like I mean, what heaven on earth? That's what that would be. <laughs> That's exactly what it would be. And so the difference there is again a little subtle shift that I talk about often, and you do as well. Um, it's about choosing growth over fear. Mm -hmm. We feel fear. That is normal. That is natural. But you choose to either live and operate from that place or you stop because you notice it and then you shift and you're choosing growth. You're learning from that experience. Talk a little Mm -hmm. more about what you do to choose growth over fear in those small, subtle moments that we know are, are, are still part of our journey to becoming.
1: Yeah. Faith is a really huge piece here. So that goes back to the beliefs level. So I believe that our mindset's really important, that faith is really important. Having the right people around us is really important. Being on the court with our most exceptional abilities is really important. But if we're getting into the details, one of the things that has shifted me that millimeter to be in a space where my business feels truly aligned and I feel like I'm doing the great work of my life has been faith. So the deep belief That I am going to achieve the desired outcome, that I'm going to feel whole and full in my career, that I'm going to contribute in the way that I want to contribute. So this deep faith and belief that it's possible and available to me has been the biggest thing. And so every day I'm in practice with that faith. Every day I'm in conversation with that faith.
0: Mm. I was going to say I have goosebumps, but I heard it once called truth bumps. When you were just speaking, I have truth bumps come up all over my heart. I love that truth bumps. I'm going to use Mm. that. Yes, that is so true. Okay, so it sounds like we're reading some of the same books, which I love. So great work of your life! Please check that out by Stephen Cope. If you have not read it, everyone should read that. Another one that I think is very helpful on this journey is The Alchemist. Have you read that one?
1: Love that book.
0: How many times have we read it? Right, I'm sure I could ask you that question. (laughs) But in it, it talks about these omens. And I I lovingly call them these positive omens, but they're not always positive in the sense where they feel good or they're great. You had an omen was when your body was shutting down and you were like, wait, I can't operate this way. I've had several omens in my story that, you know, have helped redirect me if you will. And what you just talked about is like, when it comes to that faith, you have to, I think in order to really build the kind of success that, that not success by the world's view, by your own view, what success looks like for you You have to build and you have to believe. And sometimes those positive omens are crossing your path to reassure you that you're on the right path. So if you build, which is the effort, the attitude that you're actively putting in to achieve those goals, and you also believe, which is leaving space for things that are unseen, that are unknown, that are uncertain, it's all in the future. So you have no idea that does help to fuel you as you continue can you tell a story of when you had a positive omen, reassure you that you were on the right path? Because I, I know, I know you are human. I know this for a fact. So I know at some point you have doubted, am I on the right path? Am I doing? And we all deal with that. We all deal with it as we're trying to pursue this good work. What is an example of you getting one of these omens or just a, a, a nod a reassurance that you're on the right path?
1: Mm. A story that comes to mind is from a few years ago and when I'm out of integrity I get invited back into integrity through my body. It's just kind I of the way. way you said that. <laughs> it's just the way this life is operating for me. So, a few years ago, I unknowingly had um, mold poisoning and it caused a traumatic brain injury. And it took a while for me to get a diagnosis and to understand what was happening in my body, but I felt so sick, actually sicker than my first diagnosis. And I was like, what is happening? How am I actually gonna show up for this work that I know that I'm meant to do this work, but I'm so sick and I don't know if I can contribute in the way that I know that I'm meant to contribute. And it was a really interesting omen, right? It was this tap on the shoulder and it was a wake-up call in so many ways. And then I found this amazing doctor that was able to diagnose me and support me and and help me really get better. But there was this moment where I was like, so concerned, am I going to be able to do my job? And what if I can't work? And I just doubled down on the faith in that time in my life where I was just like, okay, I know the universe, God, God of our own understanding, however you want to language it, has put me here for this thing. And so I have this omen. I have this experience that is causing some contrast in this moment. What is this about? What is this meant to teach me? And I think that there was still some healing and learning for me to do around the codependency and around the overgiving. And so this was a perfect opportunity because when you're sick like that, there's no way you can overgive. You have to be so considered in how you spend your energy. And so I think it was this huge invitation for me to reorganize my business, redesign my business. And like I said, double down on the faith. I was in the practice every single day. I, you know, as a coach, I'm always working on my own stuff too. And so I'm reframing my mindset all the time. And I spend, after my morning meditation, I spend time with my reframes every day. And I was just spending time reframing around faith, reminding myself that the universe, God had got me and all the things were gonna be great and fine and all the things and it transpired in that way. And I landed very smoothly and the project showed up and the energy came back and I redesigned the business. And looking back, it was a tough couple of months. It was hard and everything worked out beautifully. I mean, there was contrast and it helped me refine the vision and the business is in a much better place because of it. And my traits are in a much better place because of it. Um, And so heck of an omen, truly. Oh my goodness. And, you know, I I tell people all the time when we
0: develop this growth mindset and I should say not develop as an end state, but as we cultivate a growth mindset, we do find that we have so much more space inside of ourselves than the, the dominant emotion in the moment. See, we get we get trapped by it, right? Whatever is coming up, which absolutely could be frustration. I can imagine how frustrated you are. You're like, I'm walking in my purpose, and now I have a mold poisoning. Like, what is going on? And that can be frustrating for anyone. We all have those stories. But if you are going to practice and you really want to live out having a growth mindset, that means that in those challenges. The mindset that you adopt and that you take action from, that's going to be strengthened. So I love how you just mentioned, okay, it gave me an opportunity. <laughs> I wasn't just stuck in this place. It gave me an opportunity to reframe how I'm doing business, which I think right now, the state of our world, and because you know the pandemic shifted how we're doing work, a lot of
1: people have been faced with that. Mm-hmm. Like We've actually been faced with that in a collective way, don't you think? Absolutely. And the one thing that I want to say here is that it can be both difficult and uncomfortable and the most generous gift, right? So you yes. can feel like this is terrible and this is unfair and it can support our evolution. So I just want to say both things because I think there was a time in my life where I was like, oh, it's one or the other. It's either wonderful or it's terrible. And it can be both. And the contrast allows us to refine the vision.
0: And you know, one, what you said earlier, kind of pointing back to this, that morning um, routine is so key, and if you start with meditation, listen. We're not telling you to go for like some monk level zen. We're not saying that, but if you just actively practice and just engage with meditation, one of the biggest gifts it has given me is to see how much space I have within to feel completely contradictory emotions, mm. as you just mentioned. Like I feel really angry this is happening, but I'm also very grateful that I have the opportunity to assess where I'm at, so I can make a next best decision, right? And to and sometimes as humans, again, because we're so caught up in that dominant emotion when our amygdala is hijacked and we're not thinking straight, <laughs> we forget or we lose sight of how much space within, but you know, please hear like these, these little gems that are being dropped. Starting your day with an active practice that will help you to create more space within will give you the tools that you need when your back is up against the wall. When you are stressed, when you are fully frustrated and you're trying to figure out what do I do? Those practices show up in those moments.
1: Mm. Beautiful.
0: (laughs) So I noticed how, um, again, I loved your your Instagram, everything that you're doing. Please go go and follow this beautiful soul. Um, I'm going to, one of the things that you said on there was, I'm a magnet for opportunities when I align with my truth. Mm. I'm going to say that again for this dear listener who's listening. I am a magnet for opportunities when I align with my truth. And this does point back to what you mentioned earlier about in Stephen Cope's book and us discovering our our Dharma. For someone who feels completely lost and they're like, I really don't know what my truth is. I just know I'm overwhelmed. I know where I'm at right now. doesn't feel good. What's a first step that you would suggest for that person?
1: So overwhelm, I think, is so interesting. And I think so many of us are feeling it right now. And so one of the things that I believe is inside of overwhelm, I actually think it's three things. It's not enough support, it's tolerations, and it's not having structure in place to support us. So a place to begin is looking at the tolerations. So what are you tolerating in your life that you need not be tolerating? And simply start by taking inventory. So maybe you're tolerating not being supported correctly. Maybe you're tolerating under-earning. Maybe you're tolerating not having the right humans around you to lift you up. But what are the things that you're tolerating in your life? Because surely that is bringing down the energy that is weighing on you. And then what is one of those tolerations today that you could shift? And just starting in that simple place, it'll be like a muscle. Then you'll see, okay, wow, this has yielded such tremendous results. Maybe I'll shift another toleration tomorrow and so on yeah. and so on. And so we're always just strengthening and developing the muscle. But I would invite you to start there.
0: Yes, that's a great But Sometimes your life is just like one shift away from being completely different. Mm -hmm. Completely different, right? So beautifully true. And so, in that space of overwhelm, there are people who are ready to take a risk and they're afraid. And I know we just talked about you choose growth over fear. You can fear, you can feel fear. But I think that when you take a risk, that is an expression like that is you showing the world that you believe in yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Like, this may not work out perfectly but I'm going to tackle this because I believe in the capabilities inside of me. Can you speak to that a little bit?
1: Yeah. I love that. It's a beautiful question. So, Choosing faith over fear. And I think that a lot of the times our reality might not speak to the fact that we could actually take a risk, right? And that might be true for some people, right? There are a lot of women in the workplace, women of color that don't feel like they can actually take a risk and they might be punished, or maybe they don't have a cushion to jump off the cliff or a money parachute, as I like to call it. Maybe they don't have the savings to support that. But what are micro steps that we could take every day that could shift our reality so that we don't have to overhaul the entire thing and put ourselves in that panic state, right? So how can we live on the growth edge versus in the panic zone where, like you said, the amygdala is hijacked and we actually can't make healthy and supportive choices for ourselves. And so I think that there are small ways that we can take take steps towards the dream every day um, if jumping off the cliff doesn't feel available to us.
0: Mm -hmm. And sometimes jumping off the cliff, I think people believe that the story is oh i've gone from corporate america to being an entrepreneur and that's not always the storyline you may right. be taking a risk to leave a company that just is not good for your well-being right. and you start to find an, a, another one you know it's not just about taking a risk in a way that abandons all of the things that you need remember what amina said earlier one of the five things you have to consider are what are your needs how does someone take a risk if it's not in the lens of, of, of starting their own thing and being a small business owner, or even a side hustle, maybe that doesn't feel authentic to them. Yeah. What are some other ways that they can start to implement, you know, those small habits or shifts that will then lead to that risk that is going to end up with the reward of their
1: soul? Yes. Okay. So I think even before we kind of Go out there and, and seek that thing or take that risk. We want to make sure that we're taking calculated risks. So, understanding the analysis there and risk reward. And then also fear sorting. So, we've all seen that acronym floating around the internet that fear can stand for false evidence appearing as real. And so, you know, there are times when our fears are absolutely real and valid, and there are times that they are false evidence. And so, before we go out and take this risk, we want to fear sort and understand. Is this feel fear real and true? Is it likely to happen? Is it not likely to happen? And if it is likely to happen, what can we do to kind of soften the blow or offset some of that before we go out and take that risk? But you know, a risk might be, okay, I'm not ready to jump off the cliff and start my own business or it's nothing like that, but I actually want to start sharing my story on social media. But I have all these fears coming up, fears that people aren't going to resonate or fears that people aren't going to like the work. We could test it in the smallest possible way to get feedback before we go out to the world. So going back to that growth mindset, as you're saying, so kind of creating your MVP around whatever the thing is that you want to take the risk around, testing it, aggregating the feedback, pivoting and continuing to do that. And in my experience, that's what entrepreneurship has been. It's always sort of getting on the court, aggregating the data, iterating, and then rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat.
0: Yep. Because it's never win or lose. It's always win or learn.
1: Mm. If you can yes.
0: learn in that process, then you're moving forward. And that's just what life is about. It's not about having it all figured out. It's about being willing to move forward. That's it. Mm. Uh, this pops up for me Um after I lost my husband, it was like a year from hell. And the last straw that broke the camel's back was when I was fired from my corporate job. And I very specifically remember that negative self-talk as I was sitting in my car sobbing. My son was two and a half and all. I kept thinking, or no, actually he was three at this point. I was like, you're such a failure. You're a terrible single parent. Look, you can't even hold a job. I mean, right. Like the way that we just talk to ourselves is brutal sometimes. And I remember having this moment where I was like, I could either Just find another job, or I could go this entrepreneur route, but I had to calculate that risk a little bit, right? I knew Mm -hmm. that the end result of me being an entrepreneur, it actually wasn't about like me having this freedom to do whatever I wanted to. It was having the freedom to put my son first and be Mm -hmm. at every birthday party or when the nurse called or what have you. But because I couldn't let that be an open ended, oh, I can figure this out. Like I was a mom, I was a single mom. I had to really have some concrete parameters if you will and so i gave myself a time frame and i mm-hmm. thought okay right if i don't have everything figured out if i at least got one contract by this time then that would help me to take the next stepping stone and the next stepping stone and kind of breaking it down in increments Honestly, if I'm thinking about it, it it helped to build not only my confidence, but the momentum I needed. Whereas if I only stayed stuck in the fear, I would have, I would have never even taken any action that was necessary to start to build that momentum.
1: You're so inspiring in that story. I just hear so much courage because it was likely a time where you're still navigating grief and so much fallout from that experience. And you decided to do the courageous thing to choose faith over fear and in growth steps that felt safe and inside of that calculated risk, which I think is just the most beautiful courageous, inspiring thing that you could do. Thank you for sharing that story. Oh, well, thanks for saying that. Cause you know, sometimes we're in the trenches and we don't know, we're just like, okay, what do I do today to eat? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Real talk. (laughs) Yes. Real talk. Real talk. Well, I also, I, I noticed that you have something very special on your website called the nourishment journal. Can you tell
1: us a little more about this? Yes. So kind of going back to your question about like places to begin, the Nourishment Journal is a great place to begin because I believe that nourishment is a conduit to clarity so that when we take care of ourselves, we're clear and we can show up and do the things that we want to do. Because I think, and in my experience, it's been nearly impossible to hear my intuition when I haven't been nourishing myself. And nourishment, I think, is like so many different things. It's not just food or the way that we move our bodies, if that's available to us. It's also our relationship to finances and community and all the things. So this journal is your invitation to look at all the different areas of your life and see where you can feel more full and fulfilled. And it's also an opportunity to write the dream for your life and also shift any mindset challenges that are getting in the way of you living into those dreams.
0: Oh, I love that. What a beautiful gift. Thank you so much for offering that to the world and everything that you're doing to offer the world. I just encourage the listeners right now, just think for a second, like what would it look like to achieve next level success with ease and joy? And not with that tension and the stress of needing to grind, but in a way that just feels right to you, where you feel like you are aligned with your truth. And please know that that is possible. That is possible for you. Amina has helped so many people do that. I have done that without having the, the good fortune of being able to work with someone who could guide. But I just thank you so much for stepping into your truth because through that, you are helping other people step into theirs. And the world needs more of
1: that. So thank you so much. Where can our listeners find you? Thank you so much to you too for doing this work, for offering this beautiful show and this experience. You are incredible. And I just loved hearing more of your story today too. It's just so generous and supportive. You're welcome. You can learn more about my work at aminaaltai.com And I'd also love to offer listeners um, my free passion and purpose worksheet. And we'll drop a promo code in the show notes sounds
0: great. Well, I'm going to thank you again for your time today. I'm wishing you so much love and well wishes on your
1: continued success right back at you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: This has been in the
1: details. If you like the show, tell a friend for more shows like this, go to success.com slash podcast.